0: Ah, and we're live, baby! Welcome back to Takes by Fans, and we are in a new era, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, we are on a new NFL season. We got NFL preseason football kicking off, and how do you kick off the new NFL season? You get a new set, folks. You get new set pieces. And that's exactly what we did. Um, We're going to be revealing our set, our new set pieces today, folks. Obviously, you can already see the flag is hung up behind us. Had to do that before the show. We're going to unveil the canvases live and hang them live. But, you know, hanging a flag takes a little bit more works. And, you know, how we had to angle it to get it all fitting in the set. So we had to do that before. But, folks, folks... Folks, look at the beauty. No more dolphins. We are big on the tight ends this season, and we're paying homage to the new, cr- newly created tight end university. Yes, sir. With the tight end university flag, baby. Yes, sir. The official design. Of Tight End University, here we go. We saw their t-shirts that they were wearing at Tight End University. There it is. You see George Kittle getting his work in. Showing the young guns how to get it done. And that's what we're paying homage to this season, folks. The Tight Ends. They want the respect. That's why they had, you know, Tight End University. A little bit of a Tight End Summit to get all the great Tight Ends there. Basically, all the starting Tight Ends. But uh, there was some second string Tight Ends there. There was the rookie Kyle Pitts there. Ooh, yes, sir. So we're expecting big, big, big things from the tight ends this season. And we're going to be kind of keeping a close, watchful eye on that the entire season. And that's why we had to do the tight end university flag, folks. Probably the biggest narrative that we will be tracking throughout this entire NFL season. Who's going to step up? And we're probably going to kind of... T- crown and overall best tight end in the league by the time the season's up. So that's gonna be great that we can track it, and we got the official flag behind us, folks. Tight end university unite underneath tight end university, and then look at that—the the the, uh, the letters T and E, white, while the other ones are all red. Tight end folks, I mean, uh, what a just a genius flag! What a genius design. George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, um, Greg Olson, <laughs> applaud. Hats off. Caps off. Absolutely fantastic brand right there. And we're looking for that to grow and grow and grow. It was just tight end university year one this year. Watch for it to expand and grow next season. Cannot wait for that. So that is our new flag heading into this NFL season, folks. Tight end university. Look at it, folks. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it absolutely beautiful? Absolutely love it. All right, but we got canvases to reveal as well, folks. We're taking out the Miami Dolphins canvas. Uh, we're big fans of the entire sport. Yes, we root for the Dolphins, but we love just the overall sport and we love to see every team be great and we want to see the highest level of competition. That's what we do here at Takes by Fans. And, uh, you know, just having the Dolphins behind us wasn't really reflecting our true core values here at Takes by Fans. And, like we said, to usher in the new season, that's getting kind of weird what we've been tracking, what narratives we want to watch, who do we want to praise this NFL season and get them hung up behind us. So without further ado, let's reveal new canvas number one, baby. Here we go. And man, oh, man, man, oh, man, this is just These are all just absolutely beautiful, folks. I mean, just absolutely beautiful. So the first canvas here. A player that got injured last season, truly unfortunate, week two, ACL tear. Mm, we were big on this man. We love watching this man work, but he couldn't work last season. So, truly unfortunate there, but we're expecting big, big, bigs from this man that will result into big, big, big things for the team overall, which will result into big, big, big things for the quarterback that we think that can make that year three leap. But this man needs to be healthy. And that's why we're a little upset that this man's not practicing yet in training camp. So we're a little worried there. We're hoping, we're crossing our fingers. We're praying every single night that he's ready to go by week one. Because our first canvas is Mother Lovin'. Saquon Barkley, baby. And we got this great photo. This was the photo. We talked about this on the show uh, that he posted, whether it was on Twitter or Instagram, something like that. But uh, that big, beefy leg of him working out, we had to get that, folks. We had to get that on our wall. Look at that leg. Look at that leg. Oh, my God. It's beefy. It's mammoth. It's absolutely spectacular. And if you remember, when we first saw this picture, we said it was a work of art. This is a work of art, folks. Look at that leg. Look at that lag Oh my goodness This is a beautiful specimen This is art And now it is officially art Because it is on canvas And it's getting hanged up right behind us folks So welcome Saquon Barkley To the 2021 Takes by Fans Set Absolutely love it I, I Folks how can you not love that lag I, I don't know man I love it I absolutely love it So Saquon Barkley Congratulations You're one of the three coveted spots here on this wall Pretty great So let's get this hanged up really quickly here. See how this works out. It should be fine. Should be quick and simple. Boom, Saquon Barkley is on the wall. If it's crooked, we'll fix it after the show. We're just trying to get him up. All righty, so Saquon Barkley is number one. Hopefully I don't block him too much during the show. We'll try to give him his, uh, his light. Might have to lean a little bit. But Saquon Barkley is number one. All righty. Y'all ready for number two? Here we go. And man, oh, man, man, oh, man, man, oh, man, man, oh, man, man, oh man, oh man folks. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. This man right here. Um, our favorite running back of all time. All righty. How crazy is that? How crazy is that that this man is already our favorite running back of all time? The man is absolutely fantastic. Led the league in rushing last year. We got to pay some respect to that, no? Very, very, very close to breaking the single season rushing record. The man rushed for over 2,000 yards last season, and we're not going to respect that by hanging that on the wall behind us? Are you nuts? Are you nuts? So give it up for a man that needs no introduction, my man here he is king henry yes sir he's on the throne he's got the crown he's got the kind of shaw cape behind him and there it is 2027 yards what he rushed for last season absolutely magnificent king henry folks man oh man We're big fans of Derrick Henry, love watching this man run, want to see this man break the record, and folks, he's been kind of increasing yards every single season, folks. He has gotten more yards every single season, so we're expecting more than 2,027 yards this season, and he should be able to break the record if he does that. So we are loving Derrick Henry, and he is going to grace our presence up on the wall behind us for the entire NFL season. How can you not put this man behind us, folks? Just look at this. This is magnificent. Absolutely magnificent. So, Derrick Henry, congratulations. Man, man, absolutely beautiful, folks. Absolutely beautiful. So, here we go. Let's put Derrick Henry up on the wall now. Here we go. Boom. Boom. Boom, baby. The king is behind us. Woof, woof. Love it, folks. But we got one more. We got one more canvas to hang up and reveal here, folks. Now this one. This man has come a long way this offseason, and I give him a lot of respect, and I give him a lot of credit because we were kind of decently digging him in the offseason a little bit. Um, He's highly regarded as one of the greatest to ever do it, folks. But unfortunately, the wins just don't really kind of support that. And that's what we wanted to see. Whew. Y'all ready? Hey <laughs> Y'all ready for this? So our last canvas of the season, <laughs> our friend, our creation, Aaron Turtle, what? Rodgers, folks, playing golf. Now, we called this man Turtle Rogers in the offseason because he wasn't telling anybody what was wrong with him. Well, let me hold this up still. He wasn't telling us what was wrong, what was wrong with the organization. We kind of knew. We had a little bit of a hint, but we didn- weren't hearing it from the horse's mouth. So we called him Ter- Turtle Rogers because he was, you know, a little turtle. He was going in his shell. D- wasn't really kind of wanting to talk about it. But then, I got to give him respect. He came out of his shell a little bit. The man poked his head out and was like, all right, it's all clear. I'm signed? I'm here? Alright, let me tell y'all what's wrong with this organization. So, we got Turtle Rogers on the golf course. Uh, The only thing that he has above Brady is that golf match that he won against him. Uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers both have the same amount of NFC championship games. Wins. Have the same amount of Super Bowl appearances out of the NFC. Has the same amount of Super Bowl wins coming out of the NFC. So... This is something that Aaron Rodgers has over Tom Brady. But we got Turtle Rodgers on the wall behind us. Uh, Coming out of his shell this, uh, this preseason... Just happened, kind of uh, at the start of training camp, so that's great. And we'll see how he kind of progresses for the entire year. Is he gonna kind of turtle back down? How's the kind of toxicity in the locker room? How is that gonna play out? Because, like we said, this is kind of Aaron Rodgers' fuck it year. Yes, he's signed and he's still a Green Bay Packer, but he's looking out as soon as he can, folks. That was basically the goal of the renegotiated deal: get me out of Green Bay as soon as possible. So. We'll see what we get from Turtle Rogers this season. How well does he play just on the team? How is he talking after games when things aren't going right? Is he going to start throwing everybody under the bus? Is Turtle Rogers finally truly going to shed his shell and just let it all loose and fly this season? That's going to be yet to see, and we're going to be reminded with it every single day because we got to put Turtle Rogers up behind us. So, without further ado, the last canvas here. Turtle Rogers, welcome to the wall. Boom, folks. And our new set is complete for the twenty twenty one NFL season. The Titan University flag. Saquon Barkley's beefy leg. King Henry, all rise, all respect right there. And then our friendly turtle. Turtle Rogers on the golf course, folks. That's what we're rocking with. We'll see if we have to do, maybe, maybe we'll do a mid-season change. Maybe something's got to get up. I maybe mean, uh let's go over some honorable mentions really quickly. Very, 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 very close. If I had to do a fourth, if I had room on this wall for a fourth, I would put definitely Justin Herbert there behind us. We absolutely loved what we saw from him last season with setting rookie record after rookie record after rookie record. Absolutely fantastic. And got it done down the stretch, down the stretch. One like, what was it? Do I dare say four of the last four games? Something like that. Just absolutely fantastic. But, uh, you know, we'll see what he does this year as well. And, uh, you know, maybe potentially a midseason switch. We can put Justin Herbert on the wall behind us another honorable mention which came out a little bit too late i to already put in the order for these and then we got the picture of brady gleaming with his rings all seven rings on his hand and that definitely could have been a real real contender i i really would have had a tough decision uh deciding if we put tom brady on here behind us cuz that picture is just so fantastic but once again maybe a mid-season switch if this man's like undefeated at the halfway mark uh, the bucks are undefeated at the ha- halfway mark maybe we put him up behind us maybe and then, um, if um, we, we could have done a rookie as well. Y'all know I'm loving big-time Najee Harris, but I already had two running backs behind us, and I didn't want to make it a running back wall. Um, so we had to kind of excuse Najee Harris out of the running. Uh, he's a rookie, and we're expecting big, big, big things from him, and maybe he can make the wall next season. And like, maybe, like we said, maybe once again, maybe a mid-season switch as well. But this is what we're rocking with. Potentially for the whole season, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Aaron Turtle Rogers, and the whole tight end university crew behind us, baby. So, welcome to the 2021 NFL season, folks. It's back. Here we are. How great. Preseason game today, Hall of Fame game today, so what better way to kick it off than unveiling the new sets here, folks, so... I'm loving it, folks. I absolutely love it. I think it looks great. I think it's fantastic. And these are some things that we've been talking about heavily in depth this offseason that we will continue to track this year. And we'll see who arises, what narratives arise, who, what players arise to our level of attention that we're just like, man, oh, man, this is absolutely great. So cannot wait to see what we've got in store for us this NFL season. Whew, it's going to be a great one, folks. So buckle up because it is just getting started. Alrighty, now that we've got that out of the way, absolutely magnificent, let's do what we do here best, folks, talk about what the hell is going on in the sports world, in the NFL, folks, so let's start the show, here we go, first story up... Talking about, uh, we get a little quote here from Sean Payton on the quarterback battle here with the Saints. Um, it's it's real close, folks. This one is a true quarterback battle here with the Saints. We know Washington is pretty much over with Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Broncos quarterback battle is really kind of 50-50 as well. Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater. And there's some other ones. Um, The Eagles, it it shouldn't be a quarterback competition, but we're going to talk about that. It is somehow. I don't understand it. But let's talk about the Saints team, and let's see what Sean Payton is saying here. We're a week into training camp. Preseason games are kicking off, I believe, next week. I believe um, the Hall of Fame game is the only preseason game this week, and then preseason starts next week, uh, August 12th. So... We'll see, heading into kind of preseason game number one, what are kind of the early indications for this Saints team. So let's see with Sean Payton. We got a nice quote here, and let's see what he's saying. So here we go. The New Orleans Saints have another major quarterback competition on their hands with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill locking horns this summer. Speaking with the NFL Network's Brian Baldinger, On Inside Training Camp Live, Saints coach Sean Payton explained one of the challenges in trying to decipher who will take the reins after the retirement of Drew Brees. Quote, it's different and we've evolved a little offensively and maybe changed things up. The bigger challenge really is what they both do well isn't always the same. And so having enough for each of these guys when in the game and it's not just a vanilla system. I think it's important. Highlighting the things that we feel like they do exceptionally well. Both of them are doing a great job in preparation. They're both well respected in their landing and they're leading well. So we're right now in the grind of it. We just finished up our first week. I like the room right now. So, really no early indications out here. Everyone's keeping it tight-lipped. We hate that. Can y'all let something lose? Can y'all let something leak out a little bit so we could talk about it? Damn. Um, But, you know, we respect Sean Payton, so whatever. But, um, you know, Sean Payton saying, you know, both of these players do different things while well. Jameis Winston obviously has a bigger arm that Taysom Hill does, can air it out a little bit more, while Taysom Hill has that dual threat ability. So do you go with the bigger arm or do you go with the quarterback that gives you a little bit more versatility in the offense a little bit? So that's kind of the two big differences here between these quarterbacks. I believe Taysom Hill can make all the throws. His arm is a little bit weaker. I think we max him out at like 50 yards throwing where Jameis Winston and he can bomb it up for like 60 yards, no big deal. Obviously, that's how you get to throw 30 interceptions. You just let the ball freaking loose out there. (coughs) So, no real kind of early indication here of which way they're starting to lean. We do know that Jameis Winston just threw his first interception in training camp yesterday. And, you know, this is a huge... Who who cares about the interception? It's training camp. You can learn from it. Whatever. It, it basically means nothing. But this is a huge mental hurdle that Jameis Winston must kind of clear just by himself alone. Because that's why he kind of got kicked out of the starting job for the box was because of all the interceptions. It wasn't because he threw for 5,000 yards. That cements you as a starting quarterback. It wasn't that he threw like 30 plus touchdowns. That cements you as a starting quarterback. It was the interceptions and the interceptions alone. Everything else was fantastic, but having 30 interceptions, it's just, it's out of the realm of quarterback, folks. That's not even something that should even be thought of achieving. You shouldn't even think you should be able to do that many in a season, folks. So that is just out of the out of the natural world of NFL quarterbacks, folks. During throwing, throwing 30 plus interceptions, it's absolutely wild. So this is going to be interesting. Does he just kind of flounder now? Does he just kind of mentally implode and just starts like willy nilly throwing? garbage balls and uh starts throwing more interceptions now that kind of the floodgates are open so i don't care that he threw the interception but i do care how it's going to affect him mentally coming from he got out of the starting quarterback job with the bucks because of all the interceptions so this is going to be something interesting to watch for how many more interceptions does he throw and does it just affect with his mental But on the flip side, we got Taysom Hill. He just threw his first pick of camp today, this morning. So they're basically now, you know, Taysom Hill's like, oh, I I can let this ball fly a little bit more now that James Winston just got his first out of the way. Well, let me try and go deep a little bit more. So that's that's probably where he got his first pick. But now they're both throwing interceptions. Now we're starting to kind of see the flaws in all their games to get a complete understanding of what these quarterbacks do. And, you know, once again, going back to quarterback competition, that's why you can't just name a starter right after. After, you know, one practice or one week of practice because they are go- they know they have to kind of be on their A game. But as weeks progress, they get a little bit more comfortable in the offense. I don't want to say they get kind of like lazy and complacent where they're just kind of, you know, going through the motions. But you do just kind of get the totality of their kind of body of work as, you know, you progress. I mean, that's just natural progression. Going through a season, you're starting to kind of, you know, decline just a little bit. Yeah, you're still getting better, but you know, just kind of, you expect to make more throws, you're trying to push the boundaries a little bit more as you progress, as you're starting to try and get a little bit better, so both throwing picks out here, basically week two of training camp. And then the last thing to talk about here, well we know Taysom Hill is the dual threat quarterback, but Jameis Winston, (laughs) not at all, so (laughs) there. (laughs) The Saints are doing a drill here at training camp where they're running through kind of bags that are, you know, fighting back a little bit. It's like it looks like it's a four bag machine that you run through and it's supposed to just, you know, simulate, you know, getting hit, going through the trenches, going through the line of scrimmage, everybody batting at you, getting their arm on you to protect the ball security. That's what the drill is, to protect the ball so you don't fumble and to, you know, get comfortable with contact because as a running back, as a um, running the ball, whether you're wide receiver, tight end, running back, whatever it is, you're going to get hit. And this is getting them familiar with just getting hit and securing the ball. And Jameis Winston runs through this drill. Jameis Winston runs through this drill, folks, and gets absolutely blasted, folks. No other person right here no other player is having trouble running through these bags Jameis Winston is getting absolutely destroyed by these bags basically falling down stumbling out of the very last bag here and we know that Jameis Winston is not a running quarterback so this is interesting right here that they had Jameis Winston run this drill. Unfortunately, we didn't see Taysom Hill run the drill. We're assuming it's fine because that's what he does. He has that experience of kind of taking an end around or getting the hand off of, of Drew Brees and running off the left or right side of the line. We know he catches the ball. He lines up at the tight end position, catching the ball as well. So he's used to kind of the contact and, you know, going through the line of scrimmage and all that, getting hit. But, um, yeah, it's a little unfortunate we didn't get to see Taysom Hill. But when we go back to this quote here by Sean Payton saying highlighting the things that we feel like they do exceptionally well, so we know Taysom Hill is exceptionally well at running the ball, so you know, maybe in some of these offensive plays, Sean Payton wants a starting quarterback to be a little mobile, a little bit kind of, you know, him running the ball, a little bit of quarterback keepers, a little bit of read options, and even if Jameis Winston is out there, Sean Payton still wants that look out there offensively because he knows Taysom Hill can do it, so Jameis Winston running that drill, kind of shows us that Sean Payton is implementing some plays specifically for Taysom Hill. But if Jameis Winston is the starting quarterback, they still want him to run it as well. So, Jameis Winston not doing very well in this drill. Obviously, you know, given he's a quarterback, he shouldn't be doing well. But the fact that Taysom Hill can do this drill well, it's a little interesting. So, we'll see. Obviously, preseason game one is going to give us a lot... Clear look at the quarterback competitions across the board here, but um, it's definitely going to be interesting to sh- just to see how the offense is kind of performing. Is it just, just back to a traditional Drew Brees-led offense where it's just kind of, you know, classic passing, or now that Drew Brees is gone and we've got a little bit of a hybrid quarterback into the mix here for the starting spot, if Sean Payton has already kind of mixed up just the overall offense a little bit. So that's really what we're going to have to keep our eye on come week preseason game one for the Saints' team how is the overall offensive scheme looking for the Saints team regardless of who is that quarterback so that's where we're at with the quarterback battle here for the Saints neck and neck tied up no inside look no leaning one way or the other and we got another kind of week until they start their preseason games all right all right let's go next story up Here we go, talking about Turtle Rogers here and coming out of his shell. We get some nice quotes from Aaron Rogers again, so absolutely love it. Uh, the first one, let's talk about this one. Aaron Rogers and the general manager Brian Gutenkunst relationship is a work in progress. Quote here by Aaron Rogers, relationships aren't formed in a matter of, couple, of a couple of days. So, once again, this is, you know, everyone's kind of... As soon as Aaron Rodgers announced that he's back to the Packers this season and reworked his deal, everyone was saying, Oh my God, Aaron Rodgers is back with the Packers. And <clears throat> now, you know, he's officially back and he's going to stay a Packer. But we just heard what Aaron Rodgers said the entire offseason I w- do not want to be here anymore. I don't want to be here anymore. Y'all have shown me time and time and time and time again that you aren't going to respect me, have my input heard, have my voice heard, and you basically don't care what I say, even though I am kind of highly regarded as one of the greatest to ever do it. And Aaron Rodgers saying this quote right here. Relationships aren't formed in a matter of a couple of days. Yes, exactly. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to fall for, you know, hey, I'm getting kind of wined and dined right now. They're making all the kind of rules. My contract is heavily fa- hev- heavily favorable to me now. Now I'm getting the head coach and the owner and the general manager all saying that I need to have more of a say. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to fall for that trap because he knows they've been saying this and they never kind of find. Follow through with the action. Actions always speak louder than words. So I'm not falling into the trap here. The early kind of media trap that Aaron Rodgers is going to definitely be a Packer next year or two years or for the rest of his career. I'm really not buying any of that. I think Aaron Rodgers is finally now free. The contract is this year, next year. Nothing else after 2022. Um, no kind of, um, he's an, I believe he's an unrestricted free agent right after 2022. So he can go wherever the heck he wants. And I believe Aaron Rodgers is definitely planning on doing that. This man has seen countless quarterbacks go to a new team and win kind of year one. Tom Brady, obviously his biggest competitor in the greatest of all time argument, going to the Bucks and winning a ring year one. Aaron Rodgers desperately sees himself doing that same exact thing. Peyton Manning going to a new team and obviously they didn't win right after. But he ended up winning with the Broncos and got a ring and rode off into the sunset retiring after that season. Aaron Rodgers wants that. And he just made the way, paved the way with this new contract to do just that after 2022. So I'm not buying that Aaron Rodgers is now a Packer for life again. That it's all they're all on the same page and they're all good and everything that's been, you know, boiling over for the last, you know, three, four, five plus years. That it's all like, um, you know, it's all sunshines and rainbows now. I'm not buying any of that. I think Aaron Rodgers is still overall pissed with this organization. Still wants out. Devontae Adams kind of knows this. This is why, you know, we're still not talking about him getting a contract. Now, he still wants to be kind of the highest paid wide receiver. And that could have something to do with them not getting a deal done as well. But I truly think that. Aaron Aaron, Devontae Adams knows that Aaron Rodgers is not coming back. The last dance tweet, folks. I mean, now just because you know the the general manager is like, all right, we'll give you everything you want now. Aaron Rodgers is still like, okay, but it took this much to get it done, and you could still go back on your word like you've done time and time again. I'm not buying it. So. The media is all saying that Aaron Rodgers is 100% a Packer for life now and everything has been made up and they're all feeling good about it and, you know, Aaron Rodgers is forgiving them and all that. No, he's not. Aaron Rodgers is definitely somebody that holds grudges, folks. Just look at his personality. I mean, I don't think that's kind of wild to infer of all the information that we've gotten from Aaron Rodgers over the last 10-plus years. So, Aaron Rodgers saying relationships aren't formed in a matter of a couple of days. So, disregard everything that's been going on just in the last two weeks. I mean, it's really been like a whirlwind of information here about Aaron Rodgers and the contract and what the team is going to do to kind of get back into the good graces of Aaron Rodgers. They signed one of his former wide receivers back to the squad. They're looking to get more kind of pieces that Aaron Rodgers wants. They basically said, you're the starter this year and next year. They're giving Aaron Rodgers everything he wants, but still, Aaron At the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers felt disrespected, and that is truly never going to go go away. So, Turtle Rodgers could be back at any moment, folks. If things get hard in the regular season, if kind of information starts kind of pouring out from the Packers front office about potential plans to eventually move off of Aaron Rodgers, or, you know, if Matt LaFleur, you know, pulls him on another fourth down on the goal line, whatever it is, Aaron Rodgers... Aaron Turtle Rogers could uh, reappear, so we'll see. But we get one more quote here on Aaron Rodgers, and this, is t- this time he's talking about Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers says he kept Jordan Love in the loop this offseason, saying, quote, I went through that, and I can understand a little bit about what he's going through. So I just tried to keep that in mind the entire time. But was he? Because I don't think he was talking to anybody. So let's go through some of these quotes here and truly see how much Aaron Rodgers was keeping Jordan Love in the loop of everything that was going on. So here we go in the article. Aaron Rodgers knows precisely what Jordan Love went through this offseason with your with the young signal caller having to answer questions about a future over which he had little control. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers with Brett Favre once he got there. Rodgers spent three years behind Brett Favre to start his career after being drafted in the first round. His career began with a disgruntled Favre hemming and hawing about his future in Green Bay, then ultimately returning and sending Rodgers back to the bench. So this offseason, knowing what his disagreement with the Packers organization would mean for love, Rodgers kept the second-year quarterback in the loop throughout the process, saying, quote, And then I just reached out. I reached out a number of times to check out on him and see how he's doing all right that's real great um i didn't hold things from him i let him know where i was at mentally and what i was thinking about and hopefully he appreciated that real interesting i would love to see the text from Tom, uh, from aaron Rodgers of this man or whatever it was whether he's just as he's reached out whether calling or texting i'm assuming it's probably text I, I feel like aaron Rodgers is a little bit more of a text um But, um, yeah, that's real great. You know, that's something that we really kind of wanted to see from Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you went through this. I mean, people that go through the same thing and then kind of do the same thing, it's like – Really, now you're just kind of repeating that cycle. So when Jordan Love goes up to kind of that Aaron Rodgers moment and they draft Jordan Love's replacement and then he holds out. But I'm glad that Aaron Rodgers is trying to kind of break that cycle, that kind of Brett Favre lined up for the Packers, for the rest of their franchise, who's going to come and kind of break that. It's Aaron Rodgers. So that's obviously great to hear. Another quote quote. I just felt that's what I would want in that situation. I just want to hear from the guy. And also there's a love and an appreciation and a friendship there, just like it was with me and Brett. So I wanted to make sure I checked in with him and let him know I was thinking about him. Um, I don't know if there was ever a friendship between Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Brett Favre was truly displeased while having with having Brett, or Aaron Rodgers sitting behind him because he knew Aaron Rodgers had the goods. So maybe this is why Aaron Rodgers is reaching out and saying, hey, there's a friendship here and there's an appreciation here because he knows Jordan Love doesn't have it. He knows that Jordan Love will never, ever kind of challenge Aaron Rodgers for the legacy that Aaron Rodgers has set here for. Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is probably the greatest packer of all time. Um, it, it'd be an interesting debate to see you know, what people say about Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. But I, I think I put Aaron Rodgers above Brett Favre. So it's interesting that Aaron Rodgers is kind of being buddy-buddy with just, uh, Jordan Love and kind of keeping him in the loop because I think Aaron Rodgers thinks that Jordan Love is uh, honestly kind of trash and will never may not even be a starter in this league. We'll see. So, I think that's why he's kind of throwing out an olive branch out, you know, extending his hand because he's like, "Uh, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what you do. You are trash and you will never be in the same stratosphere of my name and my legacy here, Aaron Rodgers, baby. So... I think I think if Jordan Love was a little bit better, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is reaching out and saying, "Hey, is everything all right? This is what I'm thinking. This is what you know. This is my mindset, and I just want to keep you in the loop." So that's a little interesting. All right, last quote here. Let's read read the lead up to the quote. Knowing the pressure Love would feel, Rodgers wanted to ensure the young quarterback didn't think his issue with the organization was personal towards Love. "Quote: I have a lot of respect and love for Jordan, and I understand it's going to be tough what he went through." I went through it for two years in the offseason going into 06 and 07. I was the guy the entire offseason going through the quarterback school, going through most of the OTAs, taking all the reps, and then here comes Farvey coming back. And obviously, I'm back on the bench. Thankfully, I went through that, and I can understand a little bit about what he's going through, so I just try to keep that in mind the entire time. So Aaron Rodgers being the good guy. We're finally hearing from him himself in his own words, which is obviously great to hear. Turtle Rogers coming out of his shell, love hearing that, and hopefully we get this kind of unfiltered access by Aaron Rodgers this entire season. Another kind of notion, another kind of hint that is telling us that he will not be a Packer. He is letting it all fly. He is telling his, He is telling the world, what is wrong with everybody here on this team, he is telling the world what actually is going on with this locker room, he is telling the world exactly what he thinks in real time, and that's what we want to hear for the rest of the season. How does Aaron Rodgers talk when everything is going great for the Packers, when, you know, potentially they're highly regarded as the best team in the NFL, whether it's week one, two, four, five, nine, ten, thirteen, seventeen, last week of the season? Or how does Aaron Rodgers talk to the media when everything is going bad, when they're not winning games, when they should be winning games, and who deserves all the blame? Who deserves all the pressure? Because we know Aaron Rodgers loves – Placing the blame on everybody else. So we'll see. Are we truly getting kind of the 100% fuck it season by Aaron Rodgers? Because if let's just say, gosh forbid, they go 0 8 to start the season, is Aaron Rodgers saying, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're just not calling the right plays and uh, th- they're not allowing me to kind of check out of the plays and make my own calls and they're pulling me out of kind of situations that I should be going in, going forward on fourth and one. I want to be out there when we're on midfield and they're deciding to punt it and they're settling for field goals and the is and getting it done and all the pieces that I wanted them to get that they didn't get are all having success in other places and uh you know we're just uh just not getting it done because of the coaching staff here. So they're just not calling the games right. So what are we truly gonna get by Aaron Rodgers here? Only time will tell. Winning will tell losing will tell and uh hopefully we get unfiltered access by Aaron Rodgers at the podium all season long. But so far that's kind of what seems like what we're getting. So love it. All right, let's move on here. And this came out of nowhere, and I don't agree with it, and we kind of get backed up on we not agreeing with this. So this is what we saw late late last night. This kind of broke way, way late last night, 11.24 p.m. yesterday. We get this. Talks are heating up between Eagles and Texans on a Deshaun Watson trade, and this was reported by Chris Trapasso, he's an NFL draft in young NFL player analysis at CBS Sports, and he is verified on Twitter. So we got that, and I was like, why would they do that? I mean, first, first of all, we don't even know if Deshaun Watson is playing this year, and it truly seems like he's not because the Texans have him listed as the fourth string. So they are truly anticipating him, not playing for the Texans, whether that's not playing for the Texans because he's on the commissioner's exempt list, whether that's because he's not going to play this season because he's going to go to jail, or whether he's not going to play for the Texans this season because they truly intend on trading him. Whatever it is, you don't have Deshaun Watson listed as the fourth string quarterback in training camp. That just makes no sense. The man is an absolute talent in this league, top five in the league. Um, Let's go back to our... Quarterback ranking, because this man really is top five. One, two, three, four, five. I got him top six because I got Justin Herbert in the top five. Ugh, ugh, ugh. But Deshaun Watson is truly top five, top six talent in this league, no doubt about it. So, I mean, he led the league in passing last year, folks. Even though the team was trash, the ownership was trash. The wide receivers, he did have plenty of wide receivers, but there was no real running game here last season. They never really established the running game. And Deshaun Watson went out and threw for 4,800 yards and led the league in passing yards. I mean, that's what this man does, folks. This man is absolutely fantastic. So. But with this Eagles team, why move off of Jalen Hurts? What the hell is going on with Jalen Hurts? I mean, we're going to talk in a second. Now, this man is not even named the starting quarterback yet. What? You're hanging on for Joe Flacco? Why? Why? What does Joe Flacco do? Joe Flacco's like Andy Dalton. They've proven nothing in their career. The only difference between Joe Flacco and Andy Dalton is that Joe Flacco caught magic in the playoffs. What was it? 2012? I think it was 2012 where they went to the Super Bowl and won it all. Joe Flacco just caught magic that season. That's it. That is it. So I, I'm not but I don't get why the Eagles are so adamant on not making Jalen Hurts the man. We liked what we saw from him last season. And then he's got the entire offseason in training camp to prepare for this season. And they're still not ready to name him the starter, and there's still talks about trading him away for Deshaun Watson. I just don't get any of it. So we got this little kind of news break. Didn't really make any sense to us. And then comes this morning at 7.28 a.m. We get this, source says, contrary to a report that trade talks between Eagles and Texans for Deshaun Watson are heating up, they are not exactly what we thought, so... I don't know if Chris Trapazzo got some bad intel, whether he just wanted to make a name. I mean, who tweets something out at 1128, like 1128 p.m.? I mean, did you just think it was going to go under the radar? Were you just trying to make a buzz? What was it all about? So we weren't really believing that, and then we get that it's basically nonsense. So... Kind of, you know, our initial thinking was right, but just unfortunately, we do the show at noon Eastern, and you know, between 12 p.m. last night and 7:28 before the kind of saying, "Hey, this is," I honestly kind of not this is not real. Before that news broke, we couldn't go and voice our opinion, so a little unfortunate on that. Um, but we'll do it here. We'll let y'all. We'll let y'all know we knew. <laughs> we we'll let y'all know we were right. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I'm really not buying that and then it brings us to this which once again what the hell is going on Eagles coach Nick Sirianni and quarterback Jalen Hurts progress quote. I think he's doing a great job of running the offense and learning the offense but but Nick Sirianni on Nick naming Jalen Hurts the week one starter quote. There's no rush. We're just not there yet. Really? You're not there of naming Jalen Hurts the starter? Folks, I mean, let's look at what Joe Flacco did last season, folks. I mean, let's just look at... I want to I wanna show y'all his kind of magic career or his magic run that he got in the playoffs as well. So let's bring up Joe Flacco's career stats here. Get this up. Get the numbers up. Get the statistic. The numbers never lie, folks. So last season, I mean, 0-4 starting with the Jets. And I know the Jets are trash, but still, the year before that when he was in Denver, taking over for Drew Locke or starting before Drew Locke. Two and six in eight games. It's like, what are we doing? He doesn't translate the wins. In 2019, he had solid stats here. Solid, Not even solid. I'm taking that back. It was 65% completion percentage, which was great. His highest he ever threw in his career at 65%, and he only played eight games. So that's why he had the best completion percentage of his career in 2019, because he didn't play a full season, folks. His career completion percentage is 61%. Like, what are we doing? He had 1,800 yards and six touchdowns and five interceptions. Absolutely trash, folks. I mean, this man's interceptions are super high. The the man barely throws two-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio throughout his entire career. It's just he's not the guy. This man does not translate to wins, folks. He's got a 98-77 and record. He was on a good Baltimore Ravens team for his entire career, coached under John Harbaugh. So you're going to have, you know, winning seasons most of, you know, your career. I mean, with the Ravens, he went 11-5, 9-7, 12-4, 12-4, 10-6, 8-8, 10-6. And then he went 3-7, 8-8, and 9-7, in and 4-5 with the Ravens. And then they're like, all right, we've had enough. You obviously are not that good anymore. And then they trade him to Denver. He goes 2-6. Then they trade him to the Jets. He goes 0-4. And now he's with this Eagles team potentially going for another start? What? Really? So, Let's go to his Super Bowl year. What was the year that he won the Super Bowl? Let's take a look at that, where he caught magic. 2012. All right. Let's look at his 2012 season. Here we go. 2012. This was the Super Bowl year. He only went 10 and 6 that season in the regular year season. So nothing great. 59 percent completion percentage. Trash. 3,800 yards. Kind of not that great. We want to see 4,000. 22 touchdowns. 10 interceptions. Basically, just two to one touchdown to interception ratio. This man was not the man that they won. I mean, this was not the reason why they won the all the games or won the Super Bowl, anything like that. Now let's go to his game logs in the postseason there in 2012 and just show you the magic that he kind of caught. Not even. I mean, game number one against the Colts, they went 24-9. to He threw for 52% completion percentage, 282 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. He didn't throw a pick at all in the postseason. Once again, catching magic, not turning the ball over. I'll give him respect to that. But everything else was really not that great game number two of the playoffs against Denver they went 38 to 35 very close game there the, uh, he threw for 52 percent folks 52 percent trash he did throw for 331 yards um, I believe this was the it was this the mile high miracle that he goes down the sideline with last second uh, let me get the scoring up. Uh, Jacoby Jones, 70-yard pass by Joe Flacco with 31 seconds left for the touchdown. I mean, the Broncos really kind of blew that game. So once again, kind of that magic aspect, that lucky 70-yard throw. And if we go back here, we said he had th- uh, 331 yards. You take 70 yards off of that, he only ends up with uh, he only ends up with 260 yards passing. Two hundred sixty to compare to three hundred thirty. What a difference in turnaround! No, I mean one looks great. The other one looks kind of averageish, and he threw for fifty-two percent completion percentage. So his numbers are truly skewed out here, folks, and we can't get behind that. Game number three against the Patriots. <clears throat> this was two thousand twelve. Was Tom Brady? You no, know, Tom Brady was uh, playing this season. Unfortunately, he just got beat. Uh, 58% completion percentage, three touchdowns, no picks. Once again, he's not throwing picks. So that's the something. That's the green flag I'll give Joe Flacco. He was not turning the ball over. Everything else was really not him at all. And then they get to the Super Bowl against the 49ers. Um, obviously, the Harbaugh Bowl going against... Oh, man. Um... Who was the 49ers court? Colin Kaepernick going against Ka- Colin Kaepernick. Now, he did throw 66% completion percentage, three two uh, 287 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. That was a solid Super Bowl performance. But every performance leading up to that, really not that great. So, yes, he took advantage finally and put up a really great game. That's a great game all around. I'll give him that. 66%, 287 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. That is an absolutely great game by Joe Flacco in the Super Bowl. But, I mean, folks, I mean, he shouldn't have even gotten there. So one great game out of his ten year with the Falcons and that nets him a hundred million dollar contract and then he does nothing after that. After going ten and six and winning the Super Bowl, they go eight and eight, and then ten and six, and then three and seven, and then eight and eight, and then nine and seven, all under Joe Flacco. So this is the man that you're not gonna make Jalen Hurts the starter the starter over? What the hell are we talking about? Why is Joe Flacco staying relevant in this league? I don't get it. Truly don't. So I don't like that Nick Sirianni is just not saying flat out that this man's not the starter. I don't I don't know what you're doing. Why are you giving Joe Flacco meaningless reps? Why are you not making sure Jalen Hurts going into year two and didn't have that starting offseason last season? his rookie year and didn't start and when did he start I mean he got a real late start so why are you not giving Jalen Hurts all the reps that you can when you know that this man is your starter you're not taking Joe Flacco as the starter over Jalen Hurts if you want to trade for Deshaun Watson I guess that's fine Deshaun Watson is definitely better than Jalen Hurts Deshaun Watson is better than basically every other quarterback in this league so I I don't I wouldn't mind you making the trade but you're not going to make the trade the trade's not getting made that was not even a real trade request or a real trade kind of thinking or talks about it so, I just don't get what we're doing here with Jalen Hurts. Let's remind y'all what he did last season. Let's get Jalen Hurts' stats up here. I believe he started like, what, week nine? What do we get? Started four games. Only started four games. Started four games. He got in for one play week five, week eight, week 11, week 12. I'm sorry. And then he started for basically the last kind of uh, four games of the season and came in midway game number, week number 13, game number 12. Started for the rest of the year. But, I mean, he only started four games. I mean, folks, these are solid stats for only four games. He threw 52% completion percentage, which we really do not like. But he put up 1,000 yards in four games. That's 4,000 yards if you extrapolate it for a 16-game schedule. We'll take that. Six touchdowns, four interceptions. Not the greatest, obviously, but he is only playing in four games, so that's something that we can definitely build upon. Um, He led them to a 1-3 and record. Obviously not the greatest, but once again, he's starting. I mean, you're putting a rookie in at the end of the season where everybody has their legs underneath them, and he's kind of ice cold out here. All right, let's look at these uh, records they did. Did they ever get blown out? They uh, they ended up winning his first game, beating the Saints 24-21. They ended up losing the following week 33 to 26 against the Cardinals. But, I mean, that's a one-possession game. Kept them close, put up 26 points. They did get blown out by Dallas 37-17, unfortunately. He did throw two picks in that game. And then they lose against Washington the last week of the season, losing 20-14. to 14. But once again, a, a close game. He played very, very poorly with with 35% completion percentage. But still, at the end of the day, everybody else was revved up, ready to go. Washington had like a top 10 defense last season. So um, I don't understand why you're not giving Jalen Hurts all these first team reps just quite yet. So I don't like it, but that's what Nick Ciaran is doing. So we'll see. We'll see how that works out. All right, uh, <clears throat> let's keep moving on here. Let's talk about Derek Carr. Already, we're big on Derek Carr. We love his stats. And we think he is not the reason for the shortcomings that this Raiders team has been having the last three seasons. But now we get this from Raiders quarterback Derek Carr says he's finally playing free heading into a season, saying, quote, once I got away from trying to impress everybody else, that's when I've played my best. So expect Derek Carr to play a little bit looser out here, a little bit more freely out here, and we can expect big things from this man because he's got really Fast, tall, elite talent kind of all around him. So let's see what he's saying here in this article in these quotes that he's saying. Here here we go. Entering his eighth NFL season in fourth under John Gruden, Las Vegas Raiders quarterback Derek Carr finally feels comfortable and confident in leading an offense. Quote, finally? Jeez. Eight seasons? All right. Quote, I remember the night before every practice, I'd be stressed out. In my head, I'm just hard on myself. I'm thinking about everything like, I got to do that right. I'm checking my notes like, I got to do that. I wrote this down. Got to fix that. Now, it's just so free. Once I got away from trying to impress everybody else, I got comfortable with being me. And honestly, that's when I played my best. Love that. Love hearing that. Because we like his stats, we can bring up Derek Carr's stats real quick. I mean, if you're putting up these numbers not playing free man oh man watch out to watch out for this man this season and this is this could be the raiders year this should be the raiders year i mean they've had enough time with each other jeez uh but i mean Last season, 67%. Two seasons ago, 70%. 2018, 68%. I mean, this is fantastic, folks. 4,000 yards last season. 4,000 yards 2019. 4,000 yards 2018. So, I mean, if this is what the man is playing like, not free, not loosey-goosey, ooh, we're talking about 5,000 yards potentially. And hopefully a lot more touchdown passes, because that's something that you know that we don't like with Derek Carr. We want to see like 30 plus every single season. So if Derek Carr just lets it fly, plays free, isn't in his head all t- all at all times throughout the entire season, maybe we get kind of a, a gunslinger Derek Carr that puts up the numbers, that puts up the touchdowns, that puts up the points, that puts up the wins. And now we're talking about a Raiders team that finally everything that you know the big rumors and narrative surrounding John Gruden hey, and Kenny coach. He can't coach. He does. He can't coach. He deserves credit for that Bucks win early in his career, that Super Bowl win. And he actually does know what he's talking about uh, being, you know, the quarterback kind of guru for ESPN for 10 plus seasons. He actually does know what he's talking about. And it all came to fruition in the 2021 season when Derek Carr was playing free loosey Goosey, not in his own head. Um, all right, we get one more quote here. So let's read the lead up. Carr noted that the diverse skill set of his receivers should help open up the offense in 2021. Absolutely. They got speed. They got size. They got strength. They got speed again. They got a lot of speed. <laughs> a lot of speed, a lot of height on that team. So you got to love it. Darren Waller, absolutely fantastic. Tight end university, folks. Got to respect it. So, quote, we're getting different guys, different looks, and more for me, it builds trust. But for the evaluators, it's to see what we have. It allows me to freely, 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 he's playing freely, folks. Big freely, dare car, big old free car out here. It allows me to play freely, play quarterback. It's the amount of versatility, but they're all unselfish so a lot of speed a lot of size unselfishness freely this offense I mean this we're, we're not we're we really haven't been concerned with this offense we have looked at the Raiders and are kind of um, NFL refresher we have them going 10 and seven we have them as kind of the second best team on our board just Washington has a little bit of a higher ceiling and we trust our defense a little bit more the Raiders defense is really going to be the make it or break it with John Gruden we're still like the still the jury is still out the cat is still out of the bag on whether John Gruden can coach or not but it's really going to come down to that defense because I believe in Derek Carr Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake um, Hunter Renfro Henry Ruggs Darren Waller I mean that's weapons on uh, weapons uh, weapons uh, on weapons. Weapons, folks, I mean um y'all are looking like the ninja turtles with all those weapons. Jeez. So Derek Carr playing free, folks. Let's see how that works out. Alrighty. Let's head over to the 49ers now and talk about them. We know it's, uh, we're, we're still not sure what the heck is going on here. Is it an open quarterback competition? Um, Kyle Shanahan has been praising Jimmy Garoppolo, but everybody else has been praising Trey Lance. The defensive coordinator has been praising Trey Lance, and we're really not sure. Is this an open quarterback competition or not? Can Trey Lance play this season? Does he only play if Jimmy Garoppolo's there? So we're still, we're, we're getting conflicting reports here with really everything we've been reading. But Niners General Manager John Lynch believes Trey Lance is bringing out the best in Jimmy Garoppolo. And yeah, that's why organizations and coaches bring in backups and bring in other quarterbacks to push the kind of starters because starters do kind of, you know, sometimes fall complacent. They're like, well, they're never going to bench me. Do you see the guy behind me? Get a load of this guy. Get a load of the second string. Get a load of the backup. That man. But if you bring in somebody competent, you use a high draft pick. Now, you know, oh, my God, it reapplies the pressure. It reignites the flame under the starter to kind of get back to high levels of winning and staying healthy for Jimmy Garoppolo's case. So let's see what we get here. Uh and see what uh, John Lynch says and uh, let's see can uh let's see if we get a little bit more information on whether this is a truly open quarterback co- open quarterback competition or not. So let's see what we get here. Niners general manager John Lynch again reiterated on Adam Schefter's podcast that the quarterback competition is bringing out the best in Jimmy G. Quote, Jimmy's a big-time competitor, and we haven't played a game yet, but in practice in the offseason and in practice in training camp thus far, he's playing his best football since he's been here, and he's played a lot of good football. Just look at his record. People say, well, what do you do if they're both playing great? That's another great problem to have. It will deal with it when it comes. So that's unfortunate. We're Once again, we don't even know if it's an open quarterback competition. What happens if both quarterbacks are playing great? Well, that's a great problem to have, and we'll deal with it when it comes. So, all right. All right. Another quote here. He really is playing at a high level, and I don't want to talk about it too much, as I'm doing so in front of millions of people, but it's something everyone's recognizing. He's really playing at a high level, and that's the type of competitor he is. That's what competitors do. When they're challenged, they rise to the occasion, and I think he's doing a great job of that. And everything has been praised for Jimmy Garoppolo ever since Trey Lance has been here. So I really am starting to wonder, is this an open open quarterback competition, or Did the 49ers just draft this man to reignite the fire under Jimmy Garoppolo? Jimmy Garoppolo knows that he has to stay 100% healthy now. He knows he can't make mistakes or kind of be lackadaisical for a week or two weeks or even a practice. He needs to be on his A1 tier one game. So, what is the deal here with Trey Lance? Is he going to be kind of a week one starter if he's up to shape? Will he take over in midseason when, you know, he gets, you know, comfortable, fully comfortable with the offense? Or is he just going to start if. Jimmy Garoppolo gets injured or if Jimmy Garoppolo is just playing like trash, which doesn't seem to be the case here. Because the general manager, the head coach, Kyle Shanahan, they've all been really praising Jimmy Garoppolo on how well he's looking. Just gotta stay healthy. So still no kind of you know leaning one way or the other on who the starter is here. It seems like Jimmy Garoppolo is definitely going to be the week one starter, but what happens midseason? We don't know. All right, let's. Uh, we got uh, two more quotes here, so let's read the lead up. Here we go. So, when a video of Lance making a jaw dropping, body contorting heave on the move for a touchdown goes viral, it undermines the entire quote, nothing to see here mantra. Shanahan and the brass are trying to build around the rookie quarterback, quote, by John Lynch, quote, he looks tremendous, talking about Trey Lance. He really has. I think what's been most impressive about Trey, everyone wants to talk about physical traits, but the way he approaches his job, he's a pro in the truest sense. We've got a lot of guys who love the game and are willing to do the necessary things to prepare. And I think Trey really is an embodiment of that, and he's looking good on the field, too. So once again, we're getting super high praise for Trey Lance, super high praise for Jimmy Garoppolo. We're hearing from Kyle Shanahan that it's not an open quarterback competition, and Jimmy Garoppolo is our starter 100%. We're hearing from writers in the NFL.com saying it's just a matter of time we're hearing defensive coordinators saying oh my god this Trey Lance dude is something absolutely special so I've got no read on this 49ers team I would just I think the safest bet is that Jimmy Garoppolo plays week one but after week one I think it's just really it's it's a week by week basis how they're feeling on these quarterbacks and obviously it's really all about Jimmy Garoppolo's health so let's go to DraftKings really quickly now that we know The bets are back for who's going to be the Week 1 starter on these teams and see what kind of Trey Lance's odds for Week 1 are because I really don't see Trey Lance being the Week 1 starter, like I said, after Week 1. Who knows? Um, But Week 1, I think it's going to go to Jimmy G. So let's go to player futures, starting quarterbacks. And here we go. Trey Lance, to take this first snap for the 49ers in the season. Yes is that plus 300? Don't see that happening. I don't think that's a solid bet to go into. Now, what is very interesting here is that he's plus 300 to be the starting quarterback where Justin Fields is at plus 400 so it seems like you know if Trey Lance is definitely not at plus 300 Justin Fields being at plus 400 really kind of tells us that Vegas believes that Justin Fields is definitely not being the starting quarterback where obviously if you listen to the show we say it basically every single day when we can Justin Fields will be the week one starting quarterback and we love this bat uh, so freaking much. So Vegas, uh, not really on our side here, but we're looking to kind of bankrupt Vegas anyway. So, hey, there's got to be one winner and hopefully it's us. So that's really interesting. Trey Lance plus 300 to be the starting quarterback this season. Um, And this, I just saw this as well. Um, They did put the odds for Jacob Eason for being the starting quarterback for the Colts. Uh, We just talked about that yesterday on the show where they weren't even listing him. Now they do list him and he is minus 150. Exactly what we're thinking. They're not going to go and trade for a quarterback. They're not going to go out and, you know, actively seek for a quarterback to replace Carson Wentz. They're going to rock with Jacob Eason um, as long as they need to until Carson Wentz comes back. So that seems to be uh, resolving itself. So thank you, Vegas. Thank you, DraftKings, for finally coming to your senses and putting the Jacob Eason odds exactly how they should be. Congratulations. All right. So that's uh, the quarterback battle. Trey Lance, just uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. We don't know what the hell is going on over there. All right. Let's uh, have a little update here about the giant scuffle two days ago. We've been, everything we've been hearing after that has been really solid. Everyone's kind of like, yeah, you know, it was, it it boiled over. Oh, well, we're back to it. We're all respecting and kind of just kind of uh, liking each other even more after that. We are respecting each other even more after that, which is fantastic. So not everything that is bad optically is bad all around. Some things, things... Sometimes things look real bad on the outside. I mean, if you just watch the video, or I don't think there was a video, but if you just read that story and be like, wow, they're fighting each other. Ooh, this isn't good. But when you read everybody's kind of reactions and comments, we've heard from Joe Judge on what he did. We've heard from Daniel Jones. And now we're going to hear from Sterling Shepard, and we're loving how everyone's handling this kind of scuffle that seems to be kind of blown out of proportion just a little bit. But let's see what Sterling Shepard here, wide receiver for the – giant says about the scuffle so sterling Shepard on aftermath of tuesday scuffle at practice says quote it boiled over a little yesterday but you learn from it and you keep on pushing and you keep on moving on absolutely you don't let this weigh you down you just kind of all right yes this happened we'll learn from this why did it happen let's try not to have it let it happen again but uh, you know once again just that kind of pure competitive spirit between players trying to make the team it unfortunately comes to this sometime sometimes All right, but let's see the actual quotes here, and uh, let's see what we're getting. So here we go. Veteran wide receiver Sterling Shepard conveyed that the team is turning the page and made it clear that he has no problem with Joe Judge's old-school approach in punishing the team for the fracas. Quote, I think it was yesterday, kind of got – to move on and focus on getting better today this is training camp man emotions are going to run high guys are fighting for jobs exactly what we've been saying we're going to be competing so with that level of competition things are going to get heated it boiled over a little yesterday but you learn from it and you keep on pushing and you keep on moving on and that's what we're focused on doing today love it man don't why 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 dread on this, this I mean it, it's competition folks it's human nature to be competitive yes it's unfortunate that I got to Pushing and shoving in a big pile that could have potentially hurt Daniel Jones. Yes, that is kind of the bad side of it But I mean we all talk about competitive edge I mean don't you don't y'all love Tim Tebow because his good competitive edge. They are just trying to make jobs out here So yeah, I got a little chippy. It's offense versus defense. Their, their jobs both their, their jobs are to make the other one look like trash Defense is supposed to make the offense look like trash and the offense is supposed to make the defense look like trash I mean that's the goal of practices in training camp. See what you've got. Go out and make the big plays. So you are going to have some scuffles. But Joe Judge, we love that he took true command of it. It's got the respect of Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard's like, hey, I've got no problem with the way that he handled it. Endless sprints, endless up-downs until, I mean, he got it kind of under control. And that's why we love Joe Judge. And we actually bought Joe Judge more because of that. So something good is coming out of something that potentially looked bad and that the media is kind of running with a little bit too much a little bit. But we absolutely love it. And now we're starting to buy this Giants team even more now. So we love it. All right, what else we got here? We got a couple more quotes. So let's read the lead-ups here. Drawing as much notice as the Donny Brook was Judge's reaction. The second year coach set his team to running and doing push-ups as punishment. It's nothing new in the still short but memorable Joe Judge era. For Shepard, it now comes with the territory and he was rather emphatic as to how those who disagree can handle it. Quote, that's kind of the standard that we've set here in the building and as a team and I think guys have Bought in and now and know what to expect whenever you step on the field and when you're playing under a guy like Coach Judge. If you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here, and everybody is standing by that. Everybody is standing by that. They may they may not like Joe Judge, but I think they respect how Joe Judge is truly taking the reins of this team. I mean, that's basically the, the, the number one thing that we needed to see when skir- when scuffles, skirmishes kind of happen on the field. Is there that true leader, the head coach, obviously has to be that. Can he take control of the team and get everybody back to the good place that needs to be? How would have Dan Campbell handled this? How would have Urban Meyer handled this? Probably Urban Meyer a little bit better because he's, you know, coached in college and you got to kind of got to whip those kids into shape a little bit because you got young kids, young guns with, you know, potential under the table money of Ohio State because that's a big program. So I'm sure some of that was going on. But you've also just got, you know, these kids the first time on their own in, you know, college. And y'all know how great that shit gets. But, you know, how so Irvin Meyer probably could have handled it well. But how would have Dan Campbell handled this? I love the way that Joe Judge did. I don't know how Dan Campbell would have done it. I don't know. It probably wouldn't have been as good as Joe Judge. So people are respecting him. People are standing by it. People are buying into it. That's what we love. Back to the quote. I mean, it's a little different for us because we're receivers. We've got to be able to run all day, but but I don't mind it. Following the hubbub on Tuesday, things returned to being puppies and rainbows rather quickly. Uh, Quote here by Ryan. Ooh, who's this Ryan fella? Okay. He says, quote, this Ryan guy says, quote, We're great, man. It's football. It's a physical sport. If you're not, uh, maybe Logan Ryan. Um, it's football. Or is he on the... Uh, whatever, who doesn't matter. Uh, quote It's football, it's a physical sport. If you're not tough or chippy, I don't know if you can play this game. Me, Evan, we're locker buddies. We're, we'll be fine. This is football. This is a football team. Practice gets physical and chippy, but everything gets left between the lines. So, once again, we've got no problem doing this. And then we've got one more quote here by Joe Judge. "Quote: What happened yesterday at practice would have taken away an opportunity to win a game based on the actions on the field. So there needs to be consequences. There needs to be a lesson learned, and we need to move on, move forward as a team, and not repeat the mistake. Once again, exactly what you need to say to control the team. Learned a lesson from it. Moving on. Bingo, bango." Cut concise to the point, not letting it linger, not kind of bringing this back up, you know, four days later being like, you know what, y'all are, you know, this is still punishment for that. Because then, you know, guys are going to be like, we've learned from this, We've we've moved on, but coach is still kind of in that same thinking four days ago when this happened. No, 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 you learn the lesson, you move on, Giants are moving on, and we love it. So I think this is probably the best thing that we've heard out of Giants training camp, the aftermath of the scuffle. Everything else has been trash. You know, players getting hurt. Take Barkley not being there. Everything else has been not great. This is the best thing that we've heard from training camp for the Giants so far. So, for that, we love it. All right, let's talk about Justin Fields. Yes, sir. And Justin Fields, I mean just folks, 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 folks. This man is so good, man. Everything that we've been hearing from Justin Fields has just been so gosh dang good. So here we go. Justin Fields. Justin Fields on when he'll be ready to start. He says, quote, a lot of people are anxious to see me play. Yes, me, me over here. It takes my fans. We are big time anxious on seeing this man play. But greatness doesn't happen overnight. So he's expecting a little bit of a long haul here. And that's always been his mindset, his mentality. He knows, you know, he is kind of, you know, the sad backup. He is the rookie here. He knows he kind of has to go out and win the starting job and get comfortable. So that's what we love about Justin Fields. Very, very humble here in Chicago. But then, we, but then we get this, I mean, just everything we're, we've been seeing and hearing, we've been seeing him throw the ball, it's fantastic, and we've been hearing everybody praising him. And now we get this, we get this, one thing that continues to stand out about Justin Fields here in Bears camp is his ability to change the velocity of his throws based on how the play unfolds in defense. Coaches talk about having different clubs to use. He has them. You see it all the time. Oof. Oof. This man has got different velocities on the throw on the ball, learning the defense, seeing how he has to kind of fit the ball in quickly. Can he kind of lob it up a little bit more? Does he have time or is it just kind of a window that's closing quickly and he has to bullet the ball in? The man is understanding and quickly learning this game. So how is he not going to be the week one starter? Like Joe Flacco with Jalen Hurts, Andy Dalton, we know what he can do. We've seen it already. Why not give Justin Fields this opportunity to go out and prove that he can get it done yes he's going to kind of you know be a little rocky out of the gate because he is the rookie but you learn from that and I, 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 I'm I torn here you know do you rest him for the whole year or do you throw him out there in the fire and see what he gets I mean I really think there's benefits to both but getting a full year under your belt in real time simulated NFL tempo and rhythm and all that I don't know if it can hurt you obviously if you get injured that sucks but just seeing out there getting those reps in at full time full speed in game time scenarios and situations I don't know how you can go wrong and if you put Justin Fields out there I think at some point he will swim instead of sink so I just cannot not see this man being the starter I truly don't everything we've been hearing about him has been great honestly we've been hearing more about Justin Fields than really any other quarterback Trevor Lawrence who was the first taken first quarterback taken overall Trey Lance he went way before Justin Fields Justin Fields went outside the top 10 um, over Mac Jones but he's trash he's probably not going to start but just over all the quarterbacks that were taken, we're hearing the most from Justin Fields. The more positive... I don't think we've heard one good thing from Trevor Lawrence all training camp. And he's kind of just projected as the week one starter. Let's go to DraftKings for the Jaguars job. Do, Do they have that up? No, they don't. That's real interesting because it's basically just assumed that it's Trevor Lawrence. So you can't even bet that Trevor Lawrence or... Garner Minshew will be the week one quarterback for the Jaguars team because it's just, hey, it's Trevor Lawrence. He's the first overall pick. Of course he's going to play. So I don't know, man. I don't see how he's not going to be the week one starter here for the Bears, folks. I just don't see it. All right, let's keep moving on here. Man, oh, man, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. I We thought this Bucks team was great last season. Man, oh, man, we. I don't even think we got half of it because we get this. Brady and Antonio Brown are lighting it up, putting on a clinic this morning, connected on a perfectly timed out route, then connected with a deep ball. And that's a huge thing. I don't think it's being kind of said enough in the national media. Antonio Brown, folks. We forget he barely played last season for this Bucks team. He was suspended the first eight weeks of the season. Got decent burn. Not a lot of burn out here in the the remaining kind of eight games. Uh, Game number nine, he put up 31 yards. Game 10, he put up 69. Game 11, he put up 57. Game 12, he put up 11 yards. Game... 13, he put up 49 yards and he didn't even score a touchdown until week 15. How crazy is that where he put up 93 yards and a touchdown and then week 16 he put up 35 yards and a touchdown and then week 17 he absolutely exploded going for 138 yards and two touchdowns that game. So, and they blew out the Falcons that game, 44-27. to So, when Antonio Brown is at his as great as 100-plus yards, two touchdowns, I mean, they're just blowing out teams. But we didn't even see Antonio Brown until the back end of the season. And, and we really didn't even see him in the playoffs because he was a little injured. So, in the wildcard game against Washington... He only had three targets, two receptions for 49 yards. Uh, the second game against the Saints, he had three targets, one reception for 10 yards, and then he kind of got a little tweaked up there, missed the game against Green Bay, and then was out there for the Super Bowl. But he only had six targets for five receptions and 22 yards. So we really haven't even gotten... Antonio Brown a hundred percent with Tom Brady and now since they really kind of are since they had last season and now They have this entire offseason and now they're just connecting right off the rip here in training camp This is going to be big time Deadly folks this Bucks team was great last season and now they're just getting better and better and better and better It's absolutely going to put the league on notice folks Antonio Brown folks, we know this man is great. I mean I mean, his stats speak for himself here. Let's get what he was doing in um, Pittsburgh. I mean, folks, look at all these thousand yard seasons. I mean, he had one, two, three, four, five, six. He had six back to back to back to back to back to back to back thousand yard seasons. Should have been eight, but he had, you know, a little bit of a uh, mishap in 2012, only playing uh, 10 games, starting 10 games. So he was below a 1,000. But, I mean, he led the league in receiving twice in his career, folks. One time in 2014 at 1,698 yards, and then again in 2017, 1,533 yards. So obviously, we all know he can get it done. I mean, that's never been the problem with Antonio Brown. Brown, and he only played half the season last season. Really rarely made an impact in the playoffs. And now he's got a full training camp with Brady under his belt. And he is absolutely lighting it up. So watch out for the Bucks this season. Watch out for Antonio Brown. Man, oh man. All right. We get a little quick little update here on Carson Wentz. We just get kind of the timetable here for the surgery. So from Frank Reich says, The first two weeks after surgery are all just rest. So we've got this five to 12 week timetable. The first two weeks are all rest. Then another week or two of rehab that will reveal how soon Carson Wentz can return. So we can't expect anything for this week, anything for next week. Um, and then we'll start to get into the kind of the two weeks of rehab, and then we'll start to see where Carson Wentz is at. But you know, we're saying it is still possible of a week one return, even at five weeks. And uh, we, we we're we're kind of pegging him at kind of about eight weeks recovery here, which puts us three weeks into the season. He'll return. I I'm I'm guessing I'm assuming by week four we can see Carson Wentz, and that's why we don't see a huge kind of uh, urgency by this Colts team to go out and sign a quarterback. They'll just rock with Jacob Eason because it's only going to be one, two, three, four, maybe five games max that Carson Wentz will not be out there. And because of the extra game this season, you have more time here to get everything right and put up the win. So first two weeks are rest, next two weeks are rehab, and then we get this kind of buffer week to see how – he is going to come back and how much more time he needs off. So that's where we're at with uh, Carson Wentz. It is not over. It is not uh, kind of uh, phone-it-in time for this Colts team. Everything will be fine, folks alright moving on and I don't like this we get this I don't like it here we go veteran free agent quarterback and budding broadcasting talent Robert Griffin III is headed to ESPN now we've talked about this like last month when the story first broke that uh, Robert Griffin was kind of like in a bidding war between Fox and ESPN about who was going to get Robert Griffin for their commentary for their broadcasting and he decided to go with ESPN which we absolutely do not like Fox just has better talent overall on Honestly, um, ESPN. I mean, they're. Tra- I mean, they're like firing people left and right over there. They cannot. I mean, they're not making any money. That's why they can barely sign new people. That's why they can only keep like Stephen A. Smith for a lot of money, and then just that's really yeah. That's all they can kind of afford there at ESPN. So I don't like that Robert Griffin went there. Plus, it's Monday Night Football. Usually, I mean, uh, John Gruden was good. I, I don't think it was, like, anything great. Um, I don't think it was as good as Tony Romo. And then we had, like, Booger McFarlane, who truly never got it done. And, the like, the last four years of ESPN, Monday Night Football broadcasts, have really just been subpar. So it's really going to put a lot of pressure on RG3 to really kind of, you know, save them and be a true great voice out there for their Monday Night Football broadcasting. So RG3 chooses ESPN. ESPN, I'm not in love with that. I really wish he would have went to Fox. Just more talent, better talent over there, in my opinion. Um, and then we get this as well. Pretty much why he did this, because RG3 still believes he can play. Ooh, we, we said it was kind of time to hang it up, and it's nothing on him, but it's his speed. He's He always hurts himself because he's too fast and too explosive. Um, the, his body can't keep up with him, unfortunately. Uh, But he does uh, sign to ESPN, and he... Still wants to play, and he does have an out in his contract if an opportunity rises. So that's maybe something ESPN was offering that Fox Sports wouldn't. Hey, you're gonna sign with us, even if you know there's an opening, we're not gonna let you out of the contract to go out and you know play in the NFL again. Where ESPN was like, all right, yeah, we'll we'll let you out if you want, if you can sign with the team if that opportunity arises. So um, just just don't like the don't like the decision. That's it, that's it So um, hopefully, I mean, hopefully he's good Hopefully he's good Everybody was kind of ranting and raving about him That's why, you know, Fox and ESPN were in a bidding war to go out and secure this man ESPN one out, um, so we'll see how RG3 does, hopefully he can make Monday Night Football finally listenable again, I mean, every time I watch Monday Night Football, I have to mute it, because I'm just like, I, I don't need this, <laughs> I, I, I gain nothing by listening to these people's talk, so um, I have it on mute, I've had ESPN on mute for the last four years, maybe uh, RG3 can change that. Alright, we get this. It's just Dan Campbell. I'm um, talking about how much coffee he drinks, <laughs> what coffee he drinks in the morning. Um, so, he gets uh, two Ventis from Starbucks. Those are the largest. They have their own lingo over there. Uh, so, he gets two venties of the Pike Brew. I don't know what that is, folks. I don't know what the hell that is. Um, I'm assuming it's strong car- coffee. I think it's all black. Uh, so, two venties of the Pike with two shots of espresso in each. Obviously, we know Dan Campbell is kind of this high-energetic person. How would he have handled that scuffle? I mean, he probably would have jumped right in. Instead of Joe Judge breaking it up, breaking up the dog pile, Dan Campbell probably would have jumped on top and got into it. So, that's probably the difference between Dan Campbell and Joe Judge, honestly. Uh, Dan Campbell hocked up on caffeine, jumps into the pile, starts beating all of his players up, and just like, oh, I forgot where I was at the moment, I'm sorry. So... That's Stan Campbell. I, I'm not looking to make fun of this guy or kind of you know dig on this guy, but it's just like everything is complete opposite of what every other coach in this league does. So hey, if it wins, well, I'll apologize. I'll I'll, I'll have no problem apologizing to Dan Campbell if he comes out and wins the season. He goes eight and nine. I'll apologize. You win more than five games, I'll apologize to Dan Campbell for all the shits and the digs that we've had on him this season. Win more than five games, I'll do it. I've got no problem with that. So, that's how Dan Campbell takes his coffee, folks. In case anybody ever was wondering um, and why he's got this big energetic personality, it's because of all the caffeine. All right. All right. We get this good news here. Great news here. I didn't even want to talk about this because it was bad news. Such bad news. Tyreek Hill returns to chief practice today. Thank goodness. He got a little bit of a tweak up. Uh, Let's see what the official injury was because that's something that I was having trouble finding. Um, It was just like one day he went off the field and then there was really no news on it. But uh, Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver Tyreek Hill, who's been sidelined with a knee injury, was in full pads Thursday and is practicing. So thank goodness we kind of highly regard this man as the best receiver in the NFL. So the fact that this man had a little bit of a scare with his knee, he's good to go back out there. And we need that knee to be as explosive as it's always been. We know he's you know the fastest wide receiver in the NFL. And, uh, you know, can't be having a bad knee hobbling that explosiveness and that greatness and that speed and that absolutely greatest wide receiver in the league right now game. So, Tyreek Kill, a little bit of a scare, but it's not good. Alright, two more stories go over. Here we go. Philip Rivers says he may return to the NFL after high school football season is over if a team needs him. righty. so we know Philip Rivers. He is a high school head coach. I believe he's coaching his son's team. And that was kind of a big thing why he retired and all that. He wants to spend more time with his like 17 kids. Jeez Louise. Um, so... Philip Rivers says, "Hey, you know, if a team still needs me after I'm done coaching here and my obligations as a football head coach are done, yeah, I've got no problem coming back if a team needs me at the end of the season. But I don't want end of season, Philip Rivers. <laughs> I don't want into the playoffs, Philip Rivers. I mean, that's Philip Rivers' knock. He's never won the big playoff game. He's never gotten. I don't. I think he's gotten to one AFC Championship game. Is that correct? Uh, let's get up his stats very, very quickly here." But it's like I, I don't. I'm not. I'll, I'll take regular season Philip Rivers. I'll take start of the season, early season Philip Rivers. But I'm not taking late in the season. Uh, need the big wins to get into the playoffs to to, to secure the uh, the uh, the the division or secure a playoff spot, a wildcard spot, anything like that. I don't. That's not when I need Philip Rivers. So uh, I don't know how many teams will be calling him. Let's see how many times he got to the AFC Championship game once in 2007. Um. What was this one In 2018 Was this the No this was divisional round Not even the championship game So he only got the one AFC championship game In his career folks How How, how tragic Let me double check here Division round in 2008 Against the Steelers 2013 divisional round against the Broncos. So he's got zero. He's got one deep playoff run heading to the AFC Championship game and got uh, absolutely blown out, 41 to 28. Or no, that was the divisional. Uh, He lost 21 to 12. Put up zero touchdowns and two interceptions on 51 percent completion percentage. That sounds a lot like Joe Flacco, doesn't it, folks? So, Phillip Rivers, end of the season, Philip Rivers, that's not when I want him. So, I don't think any teams will be calling him Philip Rivers, just go and finally win a ring for your high school. I mean, that's the only way that you can win in this league by coaching other better talent because you couldn't get it done yourself. You know what I mean? So, in these records here by uh, Philip Rivers, I mean, this is really nothing great. He started his first year starting win 14-2. and That's great. Second year went eleven and five, then it's was a eight and eight, and then he had a thirteen and three record. But then that's kind of like five year stretch: nine and seven, eight and eight, seven and nine, nine and seven, nine and seven, four and twelve. It's like five and eleven, nine and seven. I mean, that's like a seven year stretch of really subpar play out here. So once again, I don't really see Philip Rivers in the Hall of Fame, folks. I would not sign this man late in the season. Uh, he's got longevity stats. I'll give him that. He was in the league for a while, seventeen years, but. I don't trust him at all, so we'll see if any team takes Phillip Rivers up on his offer. Potentially the Colts, depending on what Carson Wentz does, Um, but that's really all I could potentially see, and I still don't even think the Colts would want him back because he was just there last season. And once again, got into the first run of the playoffs against Buffalo. They ended up losing, ended up having a chance to win. They they had the last possession there. Um, they only – they were down by – or they lost by three. And he had an all-right game. He threw for 58% completion percentage, which isn't good. But 309 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. That's not bad. But overall – he doesn't win the game. He doesn't do enough to win the game. So that's still not great. Tom Brady does enough to win the game. Aaron Rodgers tries to do enough to win the game. At least he can get to the NFC Championship game on a regular, consistent basis. Phillip Rivers doesn't do that, folks. So that's, that's, uh, that's Phillip Rivers. So we'll see. <laughs> but I would not be calling him. If I was a coach, if I was a general manager, and somebody suggested that we go out and get Phillip Rivers like week 15, I'm like, are you on crack are you, no, seriously, are you on crack? Do you know what this man does? He doesn't win the games late in the year. This is late in the year. I'll go with somebody else. I'll go with Jacob Easton again. I don't, I've i got no problem with that. I'll go with the backup. I'll go with the guy that's got one arm. I'm taking anybody else besides Philip Rivers, folks. All right, the last story to go over to, we got another top five by Albert Breer on training camp of what he saw, and this time it is on the Bengals. All right, so big little kind of question marks here on this Bengals team. Haven't really heard a lot from them. Their defense still seems very, very lackluster. Uh, We have to see if um, the head coach – what's his name? I'm blanking on it. Let me get this up real quick. Um, Bengals head coach. Zach Taylor, see how he does year two, see how um, Joe Burrow comes back off that injury, and just what the overall just kind of identity is of this Bengals team because it really doesn't seem like one. So let's see what Albert Breer is taking away here for this Bengals team and see if he can kind of put a clear picture on what this Bengals team is overall overall, and uh, if we can buy this Bengals team because I don't think we can, but let's see. Takeaway number one: exciting seeing uh, Chase Lamar Jamar Chase out there, but T. Higgins may be the best wide receiver to watch. Coaches told him he needed to get stronger and better shape, and he's come back on fire. So T. Higgins, big, big, big. I think he's like I think he's tall as heck, folks. Let me double check this. Let's get up his height a little bit and uh, uh, what he's going into and what he did last season. <laughs> So here we go, T. Higgins, this is not what I want. This is what I want right here. All right. T. Higgins, he's 6'4. Fantastic. Going into a second year. So exactly what we need to see from T. Higgins out here. Uh, said he, Albert Breer said he got into better shape. Love that. And last season, T. Higgins caught for 908 yards, six touchdowns on only 62% catch percentage. Not the greatest, but you have Joe Burrow out there. And then you also had the backup um, going out there as well because he got injured. So T. Higgins, watch for him. 6'4, big old target there. Jamar Chase, you know, quick, elusive, explosive, quick cuts in and out. So they do have some nice wide receivers here for the Bengals young, young team, but we'll see if uh, Zach Taylor can kind of coach them up a little bit so uh, big watch on uh, T. Higgins this year as well all right, uh, takeaway number two, offensive, uh, offensive tackle, Riley Reefs. been exactly the type of vet the O-line needed. Now they have to sort out the um, offensive guard spot. So once again, shoring up this line to protect Joe Burrow because we don't need another Joe Burrow injury. How unfortunate would that be? First two years in the league, two big injuries. It's going to be tough to come back from that when you're competing against Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert and Tua Tagovailoa, who's going to have a fantastic season this season. Jalen Hurts even potentially getting into play, so um, if Joe Burrow doesn't want to fade into into oblivion, kind of this new age of quarterbacks, I mean, like we said, we're kind of uh, saying goodbye to the old guard, Philip Rivers, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Really kind of saying goodbye to them and ushering in this new wave, the Lamar Jacksons, the Patrick Mahomes, the Justin Herberts, the Trevor Lawrences potentially, the Joe Burrows potentially, the Tua Tagovailoa potentially. So we're starting to get kind of this new age, this new generation, and we'll see if Joe Burrow is kind of one of the top that we're talking about or if he's kind of like Andy Dalton. Are we going to talk about Joe Burrow like we talk about Andy Dalton compared you know, to Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Big Ben and Drew Brees and all that? Or is it going to be Drew Brees and Big Ben and Tom Brady like that? So, don't fade into oblivion, Joey B. You got to, you got T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Just have to make sure that offensive line is protecting you. All right, takeaway number three. Defense is playing fast, in part due to a secondary stocked with experience. Chadobe woozy stood out, and Mike Hilton brings a feistiness to the group. Alrighty, So let's see this defense of the Bengals. Where did they rank up last year? We won't get too much into this. We will save this for our kind of season refresher. But this Bengals defense last season... Ranked number 22, so not the greatest there. They gave up 424 points. Like we said, the average is 396. Uh, passing yards, they gave up 3,800. That was the average. Rushing yards, they gave up 2,300 and 19 was the average. So hopefully their run defense can be a little bit better and they can just show up their uh, pass defense a little bit to make it uh, uh, above average instead of just at average. So we'll keep it a track and eye on this Bengals defense. Takeaway number four, Bengals need to be right on Trey Hendrickson. Thought he is he's less stiff, more well-rounded than Carl Lawson. It's shown. Alrighty, so what position does Trey Hendrickson play? Because that I do not know. So let's bring up this Bengals depth chart here. ESPN's been trouble loading all morning, folks. I don't know what the hell it is. Uh, so here we go. <clears throat> we got Trey Hendrickson all right Trey Hendrickson where art thou on this depth chart all right he is a defensive end so all right trying to get back uh trying to get at the cornerback here quarterback uh do we have his stats up from last season can we get that up here I have to uh might have to just look at his season stats is he a rookie is this man a rookie no, he is not. All right, let's uh, get Trey Hendrickson stats up. And see what he's been doing here past rushing the quarterback. All right, so he started first four years with the Saints. Never really started until last year. And only had... How many sacks? Oh my god, he had 13.5 sacks last season. Woo! Okay! Yes, sir. Never started really until last season. He started three games in 2019, but that's three games, and he still had four and a half sacks in three games. Oh, what a steal. Why did the Saints let this man walk? Real interesting. I guess you do have some solid uh, beef on that uh, defensive line with um, Cam Jordan. But, ooh, Trey Hendrickson, folks. Get ready on. If you're a Bengals fan, did y'all know about this man? Because this man's great. Ooh, let's read this takeaway again. Bengals need to be right on Trey Hendrickson. Thought he's less stiff, more well rounded than Carl Lawson, and it's shown. Ooh, ooh, Trey Hendrickson, folks. Jeez. 13 and a half sacks last year. That's absolutely amazing. Fantastic. Alrighty, so we can buy into this Bengals defense a little bit more now. Love it. All right. Takeaway number five: Auden Tate's an interesting dark horse. Had to crack a receiver group with Boyd, Chase, Higgins, but he's making it tough on the coaches and is a giant. In, and is a giant in a receiver group that brings a lot of size to the table to begin with. He's a giant. Ooh, we just said that. T Higgins was six four. If this man's a giant, let's get an Auden Tate. Is he a rookie? He may be a rookie. Let's see. Um, This isn't going to load because that's on ESPN. So, classic. So, let's uh, bring up this man. Man, Auden Tate. All right, here we go. He's been with the Bengals for the last three years. Auden Tate is 6'5", 228. Oh, yo, Joe Burrow's got some weapons out here. 6'4". T. Higgins, I think Jamar Chase is six but we don't need his size, we need his speed, and he's got great speed, so ooh, out and Tate out here. Obviously, nothing great. Uh starting Ted Games in twenty nineteen for the Bengals, had only five hundred and seventy five yards. Fourteen yards of reception, so solid there. Uh but you know, real interesting that he wasn't kind of uh the main man in twenty nineteen. At six five, what are we doing? Interesting. All right, so Joe Burrow, get this man the ball. Hopefully this man can kind of, you know, get up into that depth chart. Like uh, Albert Brewer says, I mean, you got um, Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. So these are kind of established, well-known uh, wide receivers out here. And we'll see if Auden can just make that solid rotation out there at six five. You can't not have that man out on the field, truly. All right, then we have one more bonus. He goes kind of six here. So, you're, so let's read this. One thing to add on the Bengals, I wouldn't expect to see much from Joe Burrow in the preseason games. Teams going to be careful with him, maybe get him a series or two, but won't overdo it. Everyone feels good on where he's at nine months post-op. So interesting there. Joe Burrow, we've heard that he wants to be in preseason. He wants to kind of, you know, get back out of the field and feel the rush, feel the tempo of an NFL game. But they are going to kind of be a little cautious And we have heard that, you know, Joe Burrow was kind of 100% back. They were kind of, you know, letting him loose out there in training camp. And, you know, he's a full go day one of training camp. So, a little interesting here that now they're starting to get a little concerned as preseason arrives and it's going to take it a little slow. So, don't expect to see Joe Burrow out there at training camp, folks. And uh, we'll see what the second quarterback can do. But Joe Burrow is still the starter. There is no question there. Alrighty, so, alright, Albert Breer, thank you for this, because uh, now we have a little bit better of an understanding of this Bengals team, and that's exactly what we've wanted. The Bengals and the Vikings are like the two teams who are just like, what are we truly going to get with them? And uh, Albert Breer just sold us on this Bengals team. Let's see what uh, T. Higgins can do. Let's see this man freaking uh, Trey Hendrickson and Audun Tate. Oof, we got some good names to watch for this Bengals team this year. Cannot wait. Alrighty, folks, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. I hope you all enjoy the new set as much as we do, folks. Oh, my God. I mean, it's just so brilliant. It's just so fantastic. It's so great. And uh, it's here to stay, folks. So um, enjoy the new set. I already am. I'm loving it. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow live noon Eastern doing it all again. But let's see if we have missed any breaking uh, news as we were live. What do we got going on here? All righty, anything breaking? Patriots head coach Belichick on his team's practicing in the rain today. Quote, if it rains, it rains. If it doesn't, it doesn't. If it's hot, it's hot. If it's not, it, it then that's what it is. So Bill Belichick got no problem practicing out there in the rain. You got to practice out in the rain. I mean, it rain's in football, folks. <laughs> You're going to let a little, water, a little water deter you? All right. Doesn't seem like anything is breaking, so we will just leave it at that, folks. We'll be back tomorrow live, new set. Oof. Second day in our new set. Oof. Going to be good. Going to be good. All right, folks. So we're back here tomorrow. We will try to get in another team. We've missed two days of getting a team in for our NFL refresher. Running out of days. So time is a ticking. We'll try to get it into tomorrow's show but we had to break down the set today that took some time and a lot of stories have been going on so um we got to see what's been going on here folks we got to keep track of all this training camp knowledge training camp information it's been going crazy and it's been going lightning fast so that's going to do it for us today folks thanks for tuning in thanks for watching thanks for listening we are back live again tomorrow live noon eastern Alrighty, folks